Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, I hope your Monday is off to a good start, and it's a great Monday, a great memorial today, Memorial of St. Francis de Sales, a great saint of the Church. And as we get started today on the program, are you feeling old these days? Is age catching up with you? Or are you still feeling youthful, still feeling full of energy? This past weekend, my wife and I, we took our kids, the kids that still live at home with us, took them to an indoor water park. It was a way for us to try and give ourselves a little bit of a reprieve from the cold and the snow and the ice that we have in the upper Midwest during the winter. Now, it was only one day that we spent there at this water park, but it was still that tiny little break to help make winter feel maybe not quite so long or so bleak. And when I was a teenager, I loved those kind of theme parks. Water slides, amusement parks... I never got tired of that excitement, zipping down a water slide, or that feeling in your stomach when you crest over that top of that first hill, that steep hill that you go down on a roller coaster, that thrill of going fast, getting that adrenaline rush. But this past weekend, I was quite content at my present age to let my kids go on all the water slides while I just watched them. Now, I did actually go down one slide with my daughter where we could sit in this big inner tube, one of these inner tubes that can seat multiple riders together, and rode it down a tunnel with a bunch of fast turns and quick corners. But that was the only fast water slide that I went on. The rest of the time, I was happy to float on the lazy river with our two youngest kids. I didn't have that same desire for thrill-seeking like I did when I was a teenager or a 20-something. And I thought, boy, when did I get so old? And, you know, the older we get, the more of a divide there can be in relating to young people. You might be similar to me in that. If you're in your 40s, your 50s, 60s, 70s, does it seem like, boy, there's rarely any good new music that comes out anymore? But when we were in high school, when we were in college, oh, the music, it was artistic, it was creative, it spoke to our generation. And now all this popular music that's coming out, it's just part of some corporate machine that tries to crank out hit after hit that sounds just like that last hit. And then there's all those new popular apps out there. Whatever the new one is that seems to be trending. Last year it was that one social media app, but this year another one has taken its place. And next year a new one will capture the attention of all the teenagers. And the newer the social media app is the less I kind of seem to care about it. Oh, and while I'm talking about all these other things that make me feel old, make sure to keep off my lawn. 
but seriously, I don't think I'm as bad as all that. I, I, you're probably not either. I'm not so old or out of touch with my kids and their friends, but there are things that impact their view of the world, things that I never had to think about as a kid. And it goes the other way too, but I didn't ever have to go to school with any concern that a fellow student might bring a firearm into the classroom. That was never something I had to worry about. Didn't have to plan on how to survive something like that. I also didn't have to worry that if I did something stupid as a teenager, that everyone around me might bring out a phone and capture my blunder on video so that the entire world could see it and watch it again and again and again. There are plenty of differences between how we grew up and how our kids are growing up. So how can we present our Catholic faith in a way that communicates to this young generation, here and now, that our faith is not antiquated, or it's not non-progressive. Rather, our Catholic faith is timeless. It's as relevant now as it ever has been, or ever will be. How can we evangelize effectively to the young people in our lives, the young people that we encounter right now today? Well, this is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. And joining us as our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen is back with us once again. Father Eric is a priest in the Diocese of Madison and the pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Father Eric, glad to have you back on the program. How's your winter? Have you had a chance to break it up with any activities so it's not so long and cold? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, there's a lot of activity that happens at a student center during the semester, so when the break comes, I'm looking forward to non-activity, because I'm getting a little little older now, I'm 60, and, uh, you know, I got a nice young associate, he's 32, so he went on two different mission trips, and he did all the activity, and I did a little writing and a little reading, and just caught up on a few things, so it's it's been a good winter for me so far. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that, Father. Well, one of the things that, as we start our conversations today, uh, we take prayer requests here at Relevant Radio in a variety of different ways. Prayer intentions, our listeners, they'll call in, uh, they'll call during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy that we pray live every day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 Central, with Drew Mariani. Father Rocky, he prays the Family Rosary across America every evening at 7 o'clock Central. And then we have numerous people who will email us asking for prayers, or they'll call our prayer line. And in fact, if you didn't know that Relevant Radio has a prayer line and you have something you'd like prayed for, you can call us. And that number, you can find it on our website. It's just down at the bottom. But the number, uh, if you don't have it, it's 888-577-5443, and you can leave a message. And each one of those prayer intentions is listened to and prayed for individually in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and in front of uh, Jesus there in the monstrance. But many people, they'll call in asking for healings. You know, a lot of people asking for, you know, different diseases that they're they're, um, dealing with, they're battling with, people who are struggling with addictions, all kinds of other things. But the most common prayer intention, the one that we hear most frequently, Father, is somebody asking for a family member, usually an adult child, for them to come back to the faith And I'm going to presume that you probably hear this as a priest very frequently as well from parents. When you hear a parent that brings that to you, that says, yeah, my my child's away from the faith, what do you say in return to them? I I would presume, obviously, you'll say, well, 
I'll pray for, for, for you, I'll pray for your child. Is there any kind of encouragement that you're able to give at that moment? Well, I, the first thing that I tell them is that, you know, God created Adam and Eve perfectly and put them in the perfect environment and gave them everything they needed, and they, they still went off the rails. So you can't do better than God. So a lot of times, you know, obviously when your children lose your faith or they stop practicing the faith, you know, parents feel, you know, guilt about that and they want to do something about it. And then secondly, I tell them, you know, you you can't really um, guide the bullet once it leaves the gun. And young people, you know, that, that bullet starts to fly to the gun around age, you know, 13 and 14. And so, you know, not that you can't guide, um, young people, but as they, especially as they go into college, college is all about your peers and it's, it's about determining your own life and making a life of your own distinct from your parents. And if you're not doing that as a young person, you're not maturing and you're not becoming the person you're supposed to be. So there's really not a lot a, um, that a family can do for a young person that, you know, is, is making those decisions. I mean, prayer does help. So the other thing, too, is, you know, prayer does make a difference. I think it was um, maybe St. Bridget or one of those mother saints that just got on her knees one day and said, I'm not getting up, Lord, from my knees until my son converts. And um, suddenly, you know, like three hours later, he came in wanting to convert, Um you know, then there's a story about, I guess, again, another saint wanting her son not to fall into mortal sin, and she prayed to God that her son not fall into mortal sin, and that night he died. So there's, there's oh my ways that prayers, yeah. you know, that prayers are answered. But uh, so, but prayer does work. So don't give up on the prayer. But I would say badgering your young person to go to church um, might be a little counterproductive. Um, perhaps if they're in, if they're, I would say if they're in um, college and you're paying for their college, um, you know, you might want to <laughs> say, hey, you can give them a little know. bit of grief about it. Okay. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, if you really, if you really want, you know, this money, we want you to go to mass every Sunday. If you know, if you don't want to go to communion, you know, and, and you don't believe, that's up to you. But you know, we we want you to go to mass every Sunday and listen to a homily. Because trust me, going to mass every Sunday and listening to homily that'll that'll change that person for the better, um, even if they're doing it just so they can get tuition money. But you, you really badgering them to do it a lot that that I think would be you know counterproductive. So that's you know that that'd be the advice that uh, I give to parents. Well, one thing I'd like to go back to that you said, you know, the when the bullet leaves the gun is kind of the metaphor you used there. Uh, my producer, Nick, he and I were talking about this, I don't know, within the last month or so, about how we've seen in both of our families, things can vary so much just based on the child, the personality of the child. Um, I've seen this with my own adult children being raised in the same house, me and my wife doing things very similarly between our kids and our oldest child, somewhat engaged in her faith. Our second child, uh, less so. She's not anti-religion, but really has stepped back a bit and isn't sure, 
you know, exactly what she believes is kind of on this personal journey says, well, I think, I think the Catholic Church and I think religion at large are beneficial and good for humanity, but I don't know where I am. And then our third child, she's a freshman in college, very connected to her faith, um, goes to Mass weekly, uh, makes a point to go to confession regularly. All three of these young adults raised in the exact same atmosphere who have all come to these different places in their faith journey at this stage, and and similar ages too. I mean, you know, within uh, five, six years of each other's age. And I wanted to go back to, you said you can feel a lot of guilt as a parent, but I think it's important to, at the outset, say, you know, as long as you really didn't just shirk your responsibility in trying to raise your child in the faith, it's not necessarily your fault that they've wandered away. They're trying to become their own individual and find their own way through life. Right, yeah. I mean, nobody nobody who's in... Um in, in um, hell can blame their parents. You know, we all, God arranges it so everybody takes responsibility for themselves. And to your point, I mean, it's, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. You know, there's, I know really devout parents whose kids are here at the UW and they don't go to church at all. And then I know, I've, we got a lot of students who are here whose parents rarely go to Mass and whose parents think they're in a cult because they started going to daily Mass. And um, so, it really does come down to the to that individual choice of each person. Now that being said, um, what you do in the home does help. One, oh, sure. But two things, yeah. Two things that I've noticed is that if you're raised in a good, solid Christian home, and you're given good discipline as a child, and you go off the rails in in college. When you wake up your junior year and want to come back, you can come back because you have the wherewithal and the ability to come back. Um, if you weren't given that as a child, um, if you have a, some sort of a conversion experience, um, it's very hard to walk that line then afterwards because you, you, it's like you have to start all over. You, you just don't have, it's like you've never learned how to ride a bike, right? You know, it's like if you're a kid and learn how to ride a bike, well, I don't ride a bike for five back years, well, I can get back on the bike. But if you never learn to begin with, suddenly at, you know, 21, you're, 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 it feels awkward learning how to ride a bike. So that's the advantage of growing up in a good Christian family with, with good personal discipline is that you've got that in your background. Right. And then the other thing is when you talk to young people who have a conversion or come back to the faith, a lot of times you find there's somebody who they think is really holy that they know. A lot of times it's a grandfather or a grandma, you know, or an uncle or an aunt that they just know that was a part of their life that they look at that person and they say, you know, she was a holy woman. She was kind and generous. And there's just, and so the best thing you can do for your children's faith is just to be holy yourself. Whatever your name is right now, you know, my name is Dan. Okay, what would Saint Dan be doing today? If, If Dan was a saint, what would he do? And then start doing those things. That is so much more effective and telling your kids how to be a saint. And that just really, really um, is, is a great help to have that one person in their life. Mm, that witness, that example, so important. Uh, Father, let's open up the phone lines. Uh, you can call in and speak with Father Eric Nielsen at 888-914-9149. Today, talking about how to speak to the young people in our lives 
Maybe it's your child, maybe it's a nephew or a niece, maybe it's a younger sibling, somebody that has fallen away from the church, and maybe you're not sure to how, how to have that conversation and you'd like some advice. Uh, maybe you have had that success in being able to share the faith with your children or your grandchildren. What helped to open the doorway for that conversation? Or maybe you have a child who walked away from the church for a time as a young adult. What was the catalyst? What prompted them to start their journey back to the church? You can call in again, 888-914-9149, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, Father, one of the things, you know, as you're talking about this, mothers and fathers who are working trying to raise their kids, trying to keep them engaged in the faith. You know, the the witness, the example that you talk about there, that's one area that we can all work on. You know, whether we have kids or not, we want to grow in holiness. But any advice for a mom or a dad who they know that they want to pass on the faith, they want to catechize, they want to educate their child— but they just feel completely unprepared or unequipped to teach their children about the faith? Any suggestions on where to start or how they can begin that process of teaching their children? Yeah, I would say, to tell you the truth, what I've spent, this is not, I mean, I haven't done a study in this, but my observation is that the best way to pass on the faith is to have a father who has the faith and has a mother who really upholds the position of the father in the family. So if if that position of fatherhood is just really um, esteemed and respected, and if that man has the faith, that's the best way to, you know, pass it on. Um, and so the, the father teaches by example, and the mother teaches by example. You uphold, you just, you just really uphold this man. We listen to him. He's the head of the family. He's a protector. He's our guide. Um, then the, the, the kids will just really respond to that in a very, very positive way. Now, um, now that means that the man has to be that type of guy, right? If you're, you know, if, if dad's an alcoholic or a lazy bum, well, mom's got a hard time upholding right. him as a, you know, as part of the family, right? And so, and then the father, again, he's teaching the, the love and respect of the mother. If those things are happening, then that, I, I really think that's the best thing to, t- to hand on the faith. And then, as no, a dad, you know, just to get more concretely to your point, um, you don't have to know much to be smarter than an 11-year-old or smarter than an 8-year-old. <laughs> so don't feel like you have to be some, the world's expert. I mean... All you would have to do is open up the catechism. I think if a dad did this once a week, just sat down his kids and read from the catechism and just explained what he just read to to the kids in simpler language, that would have a profound effect on those children. You know, just the fact that you... I mean, when you go to church and the priest gets up at the pulpit and says premarital sex is a sin, don't do it, you know, that has an effect, you know. Now, it's perhaps not the best thing you could say. You know, it, it would be good to go into some sort of explanation of it and talk about but just saying things like that ha- has an effect. 
Yeah, you know, as you're talking about that too, I guess one thing that's important to stress here too, yes, I've heard that before. I know there was a study that came out of, I don't know, it was somewhere in the Netherlands, I believe, about fathers passing on the faith. And in families where there was a mother and a father that both practiced the faith, both went with their children to church every week, it was a very, very high Uh, percentage of children who then would continue practicing the faith in their adult lives. Uh, I want to say it was like around 70 to 80 percent. If it was the mom who was the one who practiced the faith, but the dad was not engaged, then it dropped in about half. So let's say if it was 80 percent, about 40 percent of those children, if only the mom practiced. Now, if it was only the dad that practiced the faith and the mom didn't, those children in that house where the father only would practice the faith, it still remained around that 80%. So the father passing on the faith, I, I know that study backs up what you're talking about there. That also doesn't mean that there's no hope if you don't have a father engaged in that process in the house. Uh, my father died when I was nine, and my mom, as a single parent, did a wonderful job raising me, kept me engaged in church, and you know, there, there is that possibility. So don't, <laughs> if you're a single mom, mm-hmm. don't just throw your hands up and say, oh no, there's no hope for my child. It's not the case. Um, but that that's one thing that I think is important to stress. There's always hope for your child and pray for them. And God himself says he'll be a father for the fatherless. And so trust in him to be the one to take over that role uh, in your lives. Uh, Father, we need to take a short break here, and we've got a lot of callers uh, wanting to speak with you. So uh, let's pause for just a moment. We'll be back with Father Eric Nielsen as we're talking about how we can share the faith with those young people in our lives, especially if they've walked away from the faith. What are some of the ways we might be able to communicate to them? And how has this happened in your life? Maybe a child or a grandchild you've been able to talk to, you've been able to have that conversation with. Do you have that child who walked away from the church? What helped to bring them back? Or maybe your child is away from the church and you're not sure exactly what you might be able to do, how you might be able to speak and communicate with them to help them look at the church and come back without turning them off to it, without causing an argument or more division there in your family. You can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Back with more right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. young people that we know, the young people in our lives who might be away from the church. We want to be able to evangelize, to talk with them about the faith, hopefully see them come back into the church. That might be a child or a grandchild in your life. Might just be a young person that you know that's walked away, somebody who you care a great deal for. And you'd like to have that conversation. You're not exactly sure how to start or what you might be able to say. You can call in and speak with our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, 888-914-9149 is the phone number to call in to the show, 888-914-9149. Father, you working there on 
the University of Wisconsin campus, speaking with college students there. What resonates the most in your mind in connecting with the young people that you encounter? What is it that makes them not just kind of turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to what's being said, but to actually respond and be engaged in that conversation? Well, you know, it's different, obviously, for all sorts of people, and um, some people are more attracted to the faith, you know, through beauty, and and some people are more attracted to the faith through truth. A lot of them are attracted to the faith just because they want to make friends, and um, I would say we got a lot of people here who, you know, they're just kind of um, looking for a happy place to be, you know, just an engagement. So the best way to spread the gospel, I think, is just through friendship, um, but People come to the gospel because they're they're, they're poor. Um, in other words, they, they feel an emptiness. There's something in their life that they're not getting that they want, and then they start looking for for God in order to supply that answer. Um, you know that's why our Lord said the first beatitude: "Blessed are the poor, and for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven." And but we, you know, a lot of times, like some would come to me and. Well, you know, my, my friend, I get student, my friend is, you know, she's doing this and this and this, and I need to get her back into her faith. She's baptized Catholic. And, I, and then the first question on my mouth is, you know, does she have a boyfriend and is she happy? She said, yeah, she has a boyfriend. And I said, well, it's going to be hard to get her to come to the faith because she, she feels filled right now. That boyfriend is filling that void. You just have to wait until that, that, that boyfriend's no longer filling that void and she's looking for something. So... That's um, that's what I find. There's young people that are looking for something, looking for st- to, f- to be filled with something, and they, they find it in the Catholic faith. And they, first of all, don't find it, as I said, through God as much as they find it through the community of people believing in God. I had, um, just to show you that, I had one young man come into my office one day, and he said, you know, I just want to talk to you, Father. Um, I'm not Catholic and my friend, that my roommate, he's kind of a little goofy, but he believes in God, and he comes to church every day, and it helps him. And lately I've been thinking there might be a God, and just thinking that there might be a God has made me happier. And so let's talk. You know, he ended, and he ended up coming to the faith. <laughs> that's it, huh? <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, but that's classic. You know, there's an emptiness that this young man felt. He had a friend who was Catholic and seemed to have something to hold on to that he didn't, and he wanted a piece of that. So that's, um, you hate to, you don't want to prey on people that are vulnerable, so to speak, you know, like a cult. But, you know, it's, it's in people's need, you know, that they generally reach out towards God. And if they don't have that need, they're not going to reach out. Yeah. You know, the other thing that comes to my mind, just at least dealing with my own kids and, and their peers that we'll have here, you know, friends they'll bring over to our house, they have probably encountered enough people who speak down to them throughout so much of their life as kids. They don't need another person to talk down to them. Uh, They've also encountered plenty of people who put on a show, try and, you know, put on an act to try and tell them what they want to hear or try and, you know, get whatever they want out of them. And just being authentic, you know, they'll recognize if you're being fake 
and they don't need more fake conversations. They just want a genuine, authentic person to have a conversation, to have that connection with them. That's one of the things that I've seen here, uh, you know, in the lives of my kids and their friends. Yeah, yeah, they're looking for authenticity, as Saint as um, Saint Paul the Sixth pointed out, right? That um, the church people not only um, will listen to witnesses, and so that's why I said, you know, as I went back before, you know, it's that grandma that's really holy. Yeah. So, you know, it's they found out that in order to raise little kids' math scores, the best thing to do is just teach the teachers math. That if you just teach the math teachers math. They will just suddenly, you know, be able to impart that better to their um, their uh, children. And I'd say the best results that I've seen, and and it's worked, is that you know when parents see their kids going astray, they kind of look at themselves and go, "Wow, you know, we have to deepen our faith." And um, and they start to deepen their faith, and just their deepening of their faith is is what has the greatest impact. Mm. You know, you were also talking about that parent who just once a week opens the catechism, just gives a little bit of teaching of what the church says. I, I know in our family, if you start kind of opening that doorway where there's a regular conversation and you talk about what the church teaches, number one, that authenticity, there are plenty of times where me or my wife the, uh, will get asked a question by our kids and just say, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. We can try and look it up. But I have no idea. That's a really good question. But there are other uh, times where once one kid starts asking one or two questions, the floodgates are opened, and all of a sudden you find there's a lot of interest, there's a lot of curiosity, and you know you talked about that void. But even with little kids, I think there's just I, I, I want to know more. I want to learn. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're interested. It's, yeah, and it's the most interesting thing to know. And, and the church has the answer to the questions that are, are most interesting. You know, who am I? Um, where am I going? And what am I supposed to do? And we have the answers to those questions. And those are the most important questions. Now, when you get older and you go to college, suddenly you think, well, I'm just, I just need to graduate and I just need to get a job and I just want to have the pleasure of the moment. And that's what the devil does. The devil tries to distract us from those more important questions in the you know, more in a certain sense, practical questions. But um, little kids are open to that. And just having that conversation and having dad just explain it, that's, I think, extremely powerful. I think if you had a father that's really looked up to and esteemed in the house and mom, you know, looks up and esteems dad, and dad teaches everyone to love their mom, and dad just spends, you know, 20 minutes every week just teaching the catechism, that's, that's going to really deeply impact those, those, those children. Um, and once they grow up, one of the things, too, that works is, hey, I'll tell you what. There's a, the col- there's a bunch of kids that are going to Rome from your university. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll pay for you to go. Or there's one. I'll pay for you to go on a mission trip. Um, you know, if you can get a young person just to get out of their normal routine, you know, and go on some sort of a mission trip or go to a sea conference that or some sort of youth rally, you know, a lot of times they have experiences there and conversions there that bring them back to the faith. And so maybe you can, you know, I, I, I met one guy who had a huge conversion in Medjugorje, and he had no faith whatsoever, and he was just driving through Europe in a microbus, 
And his dad gave him some money and said, here, I'll give you this money, but you need to go and just visit Medjugorje for me because I'm kind of into it. I want to know what's happening there. And so, you know, just to make his dad happy, he went to Medjugorje and ended up having this huge conversion. So I would say if, if there's one thing you could do for your adult children, and I mean, you know, kids that have they're, they're thinking for themselves after age 15 or 16 is, you know, get them to um, go on some sort of a Christian excursion like that. Our spiritual director is Father Eric Nielsen, a priest in the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And you can call in and speak with Father Eric at 888-914-9149 as we're talking about how we can have that connection, how we can have that conversation with those young people in our lives, uh, be able to hopefully encourage them on their way back to the church, especially if they've left the church, and engage them in their faith. And uh, you can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father Matt's listening to us in Savage, Minnesota. Matt, thanks for calling in. You're on the air with Father Eric. Uh, good morning, Father Eric. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Savage, Minnesota. That's a great name. One of our folks' missionaries is from Savage. So. Great oh, to have you on the air. Very good. She happens to be my daughter. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yes. No so um, um, I, I just wanted to reiterate what you said about uh, not badgering, because my dad was hard on my one of my brothers, and uh, he fell away from the faith, and it just kind of uh, strengthened his conviction not to come back. But uh, we have four beautiful daughters that uh, are all very devout, the oldest of which you work with, and I think my wife and I did a a decent job of giving them a very good basics. And then the, uh, we had very strong um, youth ministry in our church, and I think they took it to the next level. So um, it's worked out very well for us. We've been very blessed. Oh, man, thank you very much for the phone call. Thanks for sending your daughter. She's doing an awesome job down here. Yeah, we're very happy to have her. Oh. Very happy. Yeah, we met her, we met her team, so it was uh, very good. Uh, it was great to meet her team, so. Matt, thanks so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Let's go to Sam, who's listening in Modesto, California. Hi, Sam. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, You're on the air, Sam. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, Taking my call. Yeah, uh, I just want to uh, try to keep it real brief. Uh, my son left the church. Uh, he kind of got uh, brainwashed from another Christian, uh, Protestant. Uh, uh, my son was, <clears throat> you know, because I was trying to convince my son to come back to the church. And uh, he said that he didn't want to go back because, uh, uh, I guess, he was reading the doctrine, the Catholic doctrine, saying that uh, the Pope was infallible. And uh, and he was saying that's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, Jesus was the only one that was perfect. <clears throat> why why are we looking up to the Pope? And you know, and I and I kind of looked at the uh, <clears throat> the scripture, you know, the, uh, what he was telling me about the reading and. Uh, the way I see it, I go, I go, certainly says that he's infallible when it comes <clears throat> to reading the Bible. You know, the, the Bible is true, right? And he it's was, absolutely uh, true, yeah. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> he, he showed me another one, a um, uh, piece of doctrine that uh, showed otherwise, you know. So it was like two different writings. The, the one I seen explained that he was getting it out of uh, the Bible. So I go, everything the Bible said is true. So that's that's how he's infallible, son. And the other one just said, said it, it kind of, they wrote it differently where he's saying, no, you guys are looking up to him. And, 
that's uh, you know Jesus Christ, the only perfect man. And uh, that's why I don't want to go back to the church because you know, uh, it's wrong. And there was a little bit of an argument there. <clears throat> and um, but I've been still working on him. I've been praying the rosary, and uh, um, uh, he's going through a little bit of trouble, uh, struggles, and I'm still teaching about the faith that uh, you know uh, that Jesus Christ established only one church, and. Uh, other things I'm teaching him, and, and he's starting to listen. So I just keep praying that uh, he comes back, and uh, and uh, I notice he's got a lot of questions still that they're not showing him. And um, you know, Sam, uh, but that's why as you're talking church, about uh-huh. this too. Um, you know, one of the things that I, Father Eric, um, maybe you can speak to the fact is Sam's describing the situation with his son. It sounds like Sam tried to respond exactly as he should, but this goes back to a lot of times people, when they leave the church, they have this misconception of what the church actually teaches, and they don't really understand what we hold to as Catholics. Um, You know, the idea that the Pope, because we believe in the infallibility of the Pope in that office, in that role— as the successor of Peter, doesn't mean that the Pope is perfect. Um, The Catholic Church has never claimed that. It just means that the Pope can't speak error when he is officially proclaiming something from the chair of Peter, speaking in that role as the vicar of Christ here on earth. And that happens rather infrequently anyway. So most of the time, the Pope, that he's not he's not engaging in that infallibility that's part of that office. But then there's that misconception of what does papal infallibility mean? So being able to talk about misconceptions and say, wait, you don't quite understand what you're talking about. You have, uh, you, you know, you've got the terminology maybe correct, but you don't understand what that terminology means. If you can do that in love, sometimes that can be an avenue to engage in that conversation, and hopefully, again, <laughs> doing it in love, not trying just to win an argument, but being able to say, yeah, you know, here, you might you might look at this because there's more to it than what you might think. Yeah, I think, you know, when somebody says that, I, I would say, you know, I mean, you gave a great, great response, but a lot of times they're just looking for a reason not to be Catholic. And if you want to, as I tell people, you know, sometimes I'll be at parties and say, well, I'm not Catholic because of this. And now, look, you know, if you don't want to be Catholic, there's there's a thousand reasons out there to find why you don't want to be Catholic. And, um, and generally speaking, there, there's something going on that's deeper than just, you know, the infallibility of Pope or whatever. So, you know, sometimes they're sincere, you know, like, um, you know, I, I'm really having a hard time with the uh, abuse crisis, the way that's been portrayed or whatever. And, you know, in, the, in our caller here, I think the... You know, he has a great opportunity there. His friend there is going through a really difficult time. And if he can simply just be there with him and give him support and and um, love during that difficult time, you know, that that has a great ability to bring that person back to the faith. So just, you know, that act of charity and that, that act of love. But at the same time as you're pointing out, you know, we... We do need to be able to make intelligent responses to people that, you know, just really have, you know, concerns like that, because it does it does clear up uh, misconceptions and blocks to return to the faith. 
Our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, and you can call in and speak with him at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, talking today about how we can have that conversation, how we can evangelize the young people in our lives, and how has that occurred in your life? How have you been able to have that conversation? Or maybe every time you've tried to have that conversation, it's ended poorly. It's ended in an argument or some sort of fight or disagreement, and you're not sure what to do next, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement. You can call 888-914-9149. Jack, Liz, we're going to try and get to your phone calls coming up next right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, and you can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Today, talking about how we can evangelize the young people in our lives. Uh, might be a, an adult child, might be a college student, might be a high schooler. Uh, maybe they're struggling or walking away from the faith. And you'd like to be able to know, how can I have that conversation that might draw them back? And you can get uh, Father Eric's advice at 888-914-9149. And Father, before we go back to the phones, you know, there's a couple of things that I guess I think about. One might be that we can get really impatient because we want this to happen right now. If I'm a parent and I want my child back in the church immediately, not next week, not next year, um, but we we have to exercise some patience there because it has to be, you know, we can't force it. The Holy Spirit is not going to force it. Um, and we have to rely on the Holy Spirit because God loves our children more than we do. As much as we might love our child um, as a, a mother or a father, uh, the Holy Spirit wants that child back to the church more than we could ever imagine. So we do have to exercise that patience there. Uh, we also might not be the right one to have that conversation. Um, you know, we might need to just step back and pray for that right per- person to come in, uh, kind of like St. Augustine with St. Ambrose, you know, pray for that Ambrose to come along that can actually talk with our child if we're not the right person, if we're not going to be able to make any headway in a conversation. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a very good point. When um, St. Um, Monica went up to St. Ambrose, said to um, St. Uh, Ambrose, you know, I want you to talk to my son, um, St. Augustine. St. Ambrose refused. He says, you know, he's not ready to talk to me. And um, then he told St. Monica, look, you know, will, will our Lord not listen to the tears of such a mother? And um, and sure enough, you know, the Lord did, did listen to Monica's tears and St. Augustine, um, conver- or Augustine, her son, converted and became St. Augustine. And um, the world is so much better off because of it. So I think you're absolutely right. We just have to be patient. We have to trust that our prayers are working. Our prayers are doing something. Those prayers are being accumulated. And God will use, you know, those prayers at the right time in the right way with the right person. And I just know as a priest, too, I've I've learned this over the years. A lot of times, you know, parents will drag their kid to me, and it, it's counterproductive. It's just not the right time, the right place, and I'm not the right person. 
So um, we, we just have to really trust in God and put it in His hands and, you know, grow in holiness and, and pray and, and uh, you know, be open to what we, we could do concretely if something comes up. Father, let's go back to the phones. Jack is listening in Hillside, Illinois. Jack, thanks for calling in. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. I uh, might be a little nervous. It's the first time I've ever called into any type of radio show. Oh, don't be nervous. Subject. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you here, part of the, the, the conversation. Thank you. This subject is really important, and it's been one that I've struggled with, uh, raising my uh, two now adult children. Uh, but uh, my wife and I were both, you know, raised in good Catholic homes, went to Catholic schools. But when the community where we uh, live there wasn't any room in the Catholic school, and we ended up having to send our kids through public school, which were great uh, academically, but I knew that the, the you know, religious education was going to primarily have to come through the home and through whatever kind of ancillary uh, activities that are available to the public school kids through the, through the parish. And um, it, it worked okay, uh, but it was, you know, living the, the message at home, but I saw one of my younger daughter kind of going off the rails in junior high or high school, and uh, I didn't know what to do. And I, what we often were privileged to be able to do was to go on spring breaks or Christmas breaks. And what I found uh, helped was to embed in those family vacations uh, spiritual uh, destinations. So um, I would say at the critical point, we were lucky enough to go to Rome uh, at Christmas time, and we're able to get into the uh, Christmas Eve Mass with the Pope. And I got to tell you, being among the ten, I don't know, probably thousands of people that were in line for five hours to get into that Mass from all over the world, and the love and patience and charity that they saw there, uh, it made a big impact. Uh, my youngest daughter, who wanted nothing to do with youth group and going to Mass, and uh, afterwards, without saying anything, it. It, she just kind of got it. She she was able to see that this was much bigger than our family or even our community, and uh, that this was a worldwide phenomenon. There was deep, rich history there of consistent uh, love uh, that she wanted to be a part of. And so I'm happy to say that, I mean, I don't know their hearts, but they seem to be uh, good people and have chosen careers that are, you know, of service to others and, uh, you know, are, are praying with us continually uh, as we, um, you know, journey through our own spiritual life. So if, I often said that that was a, a pilgrimage hidden as a vacation, and you don't have to go to Europe to do that. Uh, you can, there's shrines all over the U.S. If you just kind of weave those things into the fabric of, of your, your family vacations or breaks in, in life, I think that that really helped. And I would say the um, the other thing that I think that uh, we don't talk about enough, and going to Catholic Church, uh, you know, since youth in Catholic school, I never learned about the saints. I never learned about the miracles. And uh, it is such a rich history and, and, and a contemporary history of things going on spiritually that I don't think we really talk about enough. So those would be my two advice. And then, you know, I think the biggest challenge to retaining the faith with my adult children is they're both in the healthcare industry and they see that, you know, people, um, for instance, won't wear a mask uh, 
and that is an act of love. They're they're not only protecting themselves, they're promoting, um, they're living the the protection of life, only for themselves, but also others. And they they um, one of them is immune compromised and are exposed to uh, people every day. And it, to them, it's a challenge that people that maybe uh, profess uh, loving, you know, Christian behavior are can't be inconvenienced uh, or uh, suffer even in the minorest way of wearing a mask. They might endanger the life of them personally. Jack, so thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, we're getting a little short on time, and I want to let Father Eric respond to everything you've said. But it kind of sounds like Jack had that similar experience, as you mentioned, with the son who went to Medjugorje. Um, Jack was able to take his two daughters there to Rome, and that had a profound impact on them. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't always work, but I think of the things that I have seen that have worked, That's that's been the... Uh, one that has a higher batting average, so to speak. <laughs> so Wonderful. Would, Jack, um, thanks for calling in. Uh, Father, let's try and get one more call on here. Liz is listening in Michigan City, Indiana. Liz, only a minute here, but wanted to get you on the program. Okay, thanks. Thanks for hearing. For, thanks, for, thanks for including me. My cousin, my parents were divorced when I was 10. That was decades ago. Uh, my cousin Joan and I were forbidden to talk to each other. Okay, that fast forward to about a year ago. She texted me or, and said she wanted my telephone number. And I thought, well, this is weird. She's t- texting me on my phone. So she, through a series of odd circumstances, we got to be buddies again. We never stopped being, but we got c- connected. And she said offhandedly one text that she says the rosary every day for the COVID patients. Well, I have not, I was not a church. I I was a lapsed Catholic for decades. I mean, we're talking 30, 40 years. And when she said the word rosary, it just resonated. And for every day after that conversation, it was like a, a plaque hanging in the air in front of me. I could see it. I could smell it. And it wasn't naggy or anything like that. It was just there, you know, like a stop sign. It's just there. And so... Um, I went to the local store, got a rosary, and started praying the rosary. Then a couple of... Liz, oh, I imagine we're just one. about out of time here, and I do want to let Father Eric respond, but, I mean, it sounds like a couple of things that Liz mentioned there. She called her cousin her buddy. I mean, first of all, that goes back to that relationship, that friendship that you talked about earlier, Father Eric. But our Blessed Mother, uh, <laughs> she's such a great resource, and she always wants to point us back to her son. Yeah, Mary, that's. I think it's a, a Marian pilgrimage with a friend. It's uh, you, it's probably your best, your uh, your your best bet. I'd say if you really want to bring somebody to the faith, you know, pray the rosary for him for six months, and then say, hey, I just, I just need to go to the shrine for a little bit. You want to come with me, and we'll go out for dinner, go to some Marian shrine, and uh, Liz, go to confession, and maybe they'll follow you. Thanks for your call, and Father Eric, uh, music's already playing in the background. We have about 20 seconds for a final blessing here. May blessing of God through intercession, blessed Virgin Mary and St. Francis Dales come down upon all of you listening right now. May you know the joy and love of God in your hearts and be able to express that to those you meet today. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father Eric, 
Always good to talk with you. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you for listening. Apologies to those of you who called in and we couldn't get to your calls. I want to encourage you, if you joined late in the hour, you can go and find the podcast. It'll be posted at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, and you can listen to the entire program there. Stay tuned. Mass is next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.